What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, unpredictable weather, local strikes, and major festivals have come and gone. Summer is almost over, so lead producer Simone Alise and I are looking back on some of the stories that have shaped Summertime Shy thus far. It's Monday, August 14th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Simone. Hey, good morning, Jacoby. How are you? I'm doing well. Before we get into this conversation, um, you and I kind of got a bone to pick with each other, right? This entire <laughs> episode is going to be about summer stories, but you and I can't even really agree on when the hell summer starts and ends. Uh, Simone, what are your parameters? How do you consider the summer season uh, on when it begins and when it ends? I tend to go towards sort of the, the cultural uh, understanding of summer, which is from Memorial Day to Labor Day. You know, by the time Labor Day rolls around, kids are already in school. People have, for the most part, taken their summer vacations. We're out of, you know, we're into September. We're out of the summer holiday season. So that, to me, is what I think. So to me, it's summer's almost over. Like, we've only got a few weeks of summer left, truly. (laughs) And for me, summer has at least six more weeks. Now, while I you know, start my back to school teaching in two weeks for one set of schools and then about three or four weeks. I like to think of that first month of back to school as summer still going because it, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me sort of really sink. Yeah, it keeps me from sinking into the dread of like, all right, school is back. The next time I raise my head is like Thanksgiving or or Go I ahead. Mean, I just like, do you really feel like it's still summer in mid-September, though? Like, is that really oh, how mean, you feel? Yeah, I feel like September still has good weather. You could still be outside in shorts and a T-shirt, right? There are still some festivals going on in, in the in the city. Uh, the taste got pushed back a little bit, right? So I, I just feel like there's still a little bit of buzz and a little bit of energy sort of following where the weather is. I know that spooky season is trying to take over Towards mid-September, we already in like pumpkin spice latte season come mid-September. But I'm still holding on to summer until at least, you know, like that September 19th, September 20th. I am shocked that even as a teacher, you feel that way because I feel that school schedule so ingrained in my body. That's just like, okay, like now we're back and now it's a new thing that's happening and we're in school now. And that means it's no longer summer. 
Either way, for the last few months, uh, you, I, newsletter editor Sydney Madden, we have covered a bunch of stories across the city, but we weren't really focusing on those stories that have not only driven the headlines, but many of the conversations that are taking place across our city. And I think it's really important we start with the story of the summer, and that's been Chicago's ongoing attempt to provide resources to arriving migrants and asylum seekers. Uh, Simone, we've been talking about this for over a year. We're probably looking at over 13,000 arriving migrants to Chicago in that time. I saw a story earlier this week that says we're still looking at like 50 a day arriving to the city um, while government officials are still struggling to make sense of this. Uh, What's the latest? Well, so it's tough because this has been, as you said, this has been ongoing since last August. And there have been sort of a couple of adjustments, twists and turns in terms of like, you know, how the city has adjusted its response. Um, You know, I think early on, it was just particularly early on that the politics of it were so, um, you know, we had buses coming from Republic, primarily Republican led states near the the U.S.-Mexico border. um, And that kind of political stunting was just so abhorrent to most of us, I think, the idea of just like sending people somewhere else, that that really was sort of the the focus. And then as it continued to happen, um, you know, through the end of 2022, throughout 2023, uh, the sort of conversation kind of turned to, wait, there are a lot of people here and we don't really have a an organized uh, sort of overall plan for for dealing with this influx of people. And what we have definitely seen over the summer is city council trying to uh, have more of a voice and try to get a handle on what is happening here, um, because basically you have shelters opening in their wards that they don't necessarily know are coming. You have uh, migrants, asylum seekers sleeping at police districts in their wards that they're trying to house or get resources, get something, anything to. Um, And now the very latest is it sounds like the city council um, or at least some aldermen don't even have a full grasp of how much money the city is spending uh, on this Overall, um, our our colleagues at uh, the local CBS affiliate have been trying to get financial records to sort of support some claims that were made in a city council meeting back in April that said, you know, the city was it was an estimate that the city was spending, you know, seven thousand dollars on each arriving migrant. And the city has not turned over any of those financial records or has even said that those like those records are not available. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that was a surprise, not just to reporters, but to, again, to the aldermen themselves. Uh, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor is sort of like, why do we not know? Why do why can we not get this information in front of us when that is such a crucial piece of information, particularly for a body that um, theoretically controls the budget of the city of Chicago? I appreciate you mentioning our colleagues who um, across Chicago's sort of news apparatus have been trying to make sure that we don't get into this place that once a a shelter opens, we sort of stop thinking about that community or that war and sort of move on to something else. And one of the problems Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor continues to bring up is, well, what services are we providing once people are in a shelter? Not only are we asking for more resources, but the transparency around how effectively the resources we have gotten going in the city, are, uh, how effective those are going. I mean, I wonder if we'll have any sense of that through this year, just how 
you know, how much is left to do, especially where people are arriving every single day. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is not something that's going away by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think obviously another huge thing we're going to be looking at is the first day of school. We have yeah. now so many, so many of the people who are here are families with young kids. Um, mm -hmm. And CPS is preparing to welcome those kids into school on August 21st, uh, just next Monday. Um, and so what is that going to look like? And, and, you know, how, what, you know, to what, what will that mean sort of for this population overall? Um, we also know that before, you know, migrants were coming here, we were already in a, in a housing and homelessness crisis, right? We were exactly. already, uh, having issues housing people. Um, and, you know, some other reporting out of uh, the Illinois Answers Project shows that, uh, you know, sort of in another city spending question, big question mark is um, the city has only spent a fraction of COVID dollars that were that were uh, allocated toward homelessness services. You know, we were already having a big problem. And then you add this this vulnerable population on top of that. Um you know, what will that look like in the city's budgeting process, which starts here in the fall? With all of these calls for transparency, with figuring out, well, how do we get more money for arriving migrants? Okay, what are we doing with COVID relief money for people experiencing homelessness? And now that Brandon Johnson is entering his first budget season, people are really going to want to know, you know, how are you planning to to make a more transparent process for people trying to figure out how, how they should approve the, the request you make for your budget. We often hear it's like we need more funds. We need to raise more revenue. Um, but some of these stories, especially that that on the homelessness funds, also then raises the question of, OK, well, you've got this big influx of money. Why are what you not you spending it? it? What did mm -hmm. you do with it? How? Why is it not? Why are we not seeing the results of, of this big, big you know, a bunch of money that, that you asked for. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that the financing and sort of the kids are sort of the two things going into the fall um, that we'll definitely be watching on this story. In addition to following the resources necessary for Chicago's arriving migrants and asylum seekers, we've also been following the increased labor movements that have been taking place. Not only the ones that impact both Chicago and uh, the country at large, but also these individual labor movements that have taken place at local hospitals, local nightclubs. Uh, Simone, you have some updates in regards to Loretto Hospital as well as Berlin Nightclub. Yeah, so uh, I think these are sort of two of the most recent um, labor labor actions where we've seen some some movement, some resolution here. Uh, Loretto Hospital workers uh, late last week reached a tentative agreement um, with the Austin Hospital, ending an 11-day strike. It was a sort of variety of workers, non-nursing uh, non uh, uh, workers who with uh, SEIU Healthcare Illinois. Um, and so they the union sort of claimed victory in this, said they won pay raises across the board in addition to sort of like minimum rate increases uh, and a Juneteenth paid holiday, which they say sort of all these gains will, you know, hopefully reduce staffing shortages, make, you know, make it easier to hire um, so that, uh, you know, the the hospital isn't short staffed. Um, in a very different industry, Berlin nightclub in North Alstead, uh, you know, a very longstanding LGBTQ nightclub um, workers there went on a, just a two-day strike. They're a relatively new union, and this is sort of a new thing in this mm -hmm. in this industry, frankly. Um, you know, they went on a two-day strike asking 
you know, essentially really asking Berlin and the 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 nightclub owners to come to the bargaining table and actually, you know, um, bargain with the union and negotiate. And they have returned and are and are still bargaining uh, now at this point. But I think the reason we bring these up, right, is like I said, these are two very different industries. And that's just like two of the industries where right. we've seen labor actions this summer. I mean, we you know we had a conversation last week about the uh, the writers and and actors uh, striking uh, you know here and across the country. It's been sort of across industries in a way that is I haven't seen in my own reporting career. Sort of a, a, a level, just a level of solidarity across across these many industries at the same time. It's it's kind of striking. Act- Huh. No, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I, with that being said, I wonder how that changes the conversation, whether and I don't want to forecast too much, but we know like the Chicago Teachers Union, for example, contract negotiations are coming up and throughout uh, Mayor Lightfoot's tenure, there were strikes. But because it felt like the conversation was uh, particularly coming out of the life of administration, it was so focused on like how bad these strikes are for our children that I feel like the energy around those strikes didn't have as much support. But now that we've seen these multi-industry strikes, I wonder if people's approach or their feelings about labor initiatives, if they've changed some since we saw like like our teachers going on strike um, uh, uh, a couple years ago. That is the thing that I think is most um, different about this is that that public uh, the public support. And again, uh, solidarity, there's like really nothing else you can call it. There is sort mm-hmm. of this move to, uh, in labor to sort of say, I think, especially, you know, in 2023, after the pandemic, just sort of like upended so many industries and upended so many workers lives as workers. It was just like, everyone was affected, you know, across the board in terms of pay and, and, uh, not having access to um, to what they needed to have. And then in addition, just to sort of that overall health consciousness, right, of everybody, right? I think everyone's just more aware of it. And so you, there, even in a hospital strike where often you do see a lot of public pushback because hospitals are so crucial and, you know, Loretto stayed open during that entire 11-day strike, but, it, you know, it's always sort of a, a very tense thing. Even in those situations, you're seeing a lot more public support Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. 
going into the summer, so much attention was focused on the major festivals that would call Chicago home. And while we still have a few left, some of those big ones, particularly the ones that cause major headaches for Chicagoans, have come and gone. There there will still be months and plenty of studies to talk about what were the impacts economically, the impact on our parks from things like NASCAR, Lollapalooza. But Simone, I think my first question to you, Right. Having seen some of these big events and all of the the storms that they bring, were they worth it? I wish I wish I knew because uh, I didn't go to any of them. So we'll just get that <laughs> out of the way out of the way right off the bat. Uh, it, the mm. Trying to get numbers for, you know, cost versus what it brought to the city versus, again, the, the sort of happiness of the people who do participate, which I think is not worth. You know, that's not nothing. Um, that's that's certainly uh, part of all this. I will say with the exception of NASCAR, my life wasn't as affected by these various festivals as mm-hmm. I maybe was anticipating at the beginning of the summer. Like I definitely thought Lollapalooza was going to cause me more headaches than it actually did. And it was totally fine. I just avoided downtown uh, the, as close. I got as close as uh, Fulton Market. That's as close as I got to downtown uh, during <laughs> Lollapalooza weekend. And it was totally fine. It was not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the NASCAR road closures along Lakeshore Drive, those really messed me up. I had some some bad delays from they those. They you back for sure. Oh, that was rough. But overall, like once once the weekend was in swing, especially because it rained so much that weekend, mm-hmm. um, you know, they didn't they weren't as inconvenient as I had like built them up in my head to be. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll give them that for 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 this summer. I feel like the same thing happens to me every summer, whereas in the time leading up to these events and and even while they're going on, I find it very easy to lead, lean into the scrutiny, right? I wasn't going to attend NASCAR, didn't plan to attend Lala. I did go to some of the smaller festivals. I stopped by Pitchfork for a day, stopped by Lyrical Lemonade for a day, uh, stopped by Fiesta del Sol. You know, it's a smaller street festival, but still brings in, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and at this point in every summer, one of the things that makes me consider that for sure some of these are worth it is, as you said, I think it's hard to measure the joy people feel attending these events in the lead up because it's so easy to ask the questions as we should. Well, how are we using our city's resources? How are we protecting parks? How is construction going to impact people? Are festivals working with neighborhoods? And then I go to some of these festivals, even the ones that are, you know, sort of centered in a neighborhood park or on taking up neighborhood streets. And you see the joy of people who, sure, many of them have have like taken public transit into the neighborhood. But I also got the opportunity to talk to people attending some of these festivals who live along the route, who live next to the the car parades and, and live next to the music festivals. And, and and there still is this sense of connection, this ability to to see some of the people in their community, to see their parks being lit up in these beautiful ways. And so I, I'm always left at this point of summer trying to measure, you know, h- how do we take into account the happiness we feel attending some of these against what it means to put on these major events in the city? And, you know, the, the pictures and the backdrops, the ability to stop into uh, a bunch of you know, neighborhoods that I, I otherwise might not have, you know, ventured into on that weekend. It's this, it's this personal joy that has to be balanced against this sort of collective responsibility. And um, like you said, I don't know if I can say 
was it worth it? But I do know I'm not over it yet. Well, yeah, to your point, you know, I think a big one that I will be watching out for is Riot Fest, which isn't until September 15th through the 17th. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because that one, I think uh, besides Lollapalooza is probably the biggest festival where you have this really, really loud contingent of neighbors who have said, we do yeah. not want this in Douglas Park. I think of of all of the major fests on Chicago's schedule is one of the more contentious ones. And so it will be interesting to see, you know, again, as other fests moved out of Douglas Park this summer, um, how this final one will kind of shake out and what the response will be and what the cleanup will be like and what it means for for mm-hmm. folks around Douglas Park of will they be able to use that park and kind of what's going on. Yeah, I know there's some CityCast listeners going, Kobe, don't fall for the pretty pictures. But honestly, as somebody who has a really nice camera and never gets to use it, the excuse that these have given me to get some really beautiful pictures this summer, I, I got to share with you. I got some amazing amazing festival pictures this summer. Everything, again, from things in my neighborhood to to things on the other side of the city. Um, Man, I don't think we can move into good news without talking about uh, the weather that has taken place this summer. We literally came into summer in the throes of a drought and since then have experienced everything from wildfire smoke to record rainfall and flooding. Um, and and I, I will say, I don't think it's gotten that hot thus far, sort of being balanced out against these other phenomena. Simone, what are you making of, of summer weather to this point? Yeah, I, I, it hasn't been that hot. We had a few a few days in July where it got really hot and humid mm-hmm. that, that we kind of had to watch out for. But... Um, I think the the biggest, and we talked about this a little bit on Friday's show, I, I think those floods and that rain just felt, even as we have this record this conversation, it was gray again today. No torrential downpours, but it's just been a kind mm-hmm. of a gray summer. Um, and I think, you know, what ways you mentioned, the period, the, the, the fact that that stood out to me in the Sun-Times I was reading, that the period between April 1st and June 30th was one of the driest on record. And, mm-hmm. you know, Illinois has has suffered from drought conditions and all this rain that the at least the Chicagoland area has gotten still doesn't make up for that. We still have yeah. we're still in drought. Um, and it was like we would need to get like consistent rain uh, sort of through September uh, to to kind of actually make up the difference. Um, so even it feels like we're damned if you do, damned if you don't. We've lived through drought. We've seen rainfall. I've seen my basement flooded before. The wildfire smoke was one where, again, I, I know experts are saying, hey, we deal with poor air quality across neighborhoods in our city every single day, and we should be vigilant about working to improve that. But this particular type of air pollution uh, where in the, where the entire city feels blanketed by a haze is not something I, I actually have any deep memory for. I would honestly, if I had to rank like one of the more depressing stories of the summer, just the yeah. the weather has been rough. Like it's everyone was so excited to enjoy summertime shy, I feel yeah. like. And uh, it was uh, the weather was not cooperating. No, whether you like these some of the events we talked about earlier or not, but like. NASCAR got rained on, Fiesta del Sol got rained on, Beyonce got rained on. Um, like th- those weekends, uh, you know, were were, were rough out there uh, throughout the summer. It was not a lot of consistent week long weeks where you could say we could just be outside cooling th- throughout the day. All right, so, uh, so we have talked sort of ongoing housing crisis. We have talked uh, 
momentum of strikes and labor actions in the city. We sprinkled a little bit of like what of these major events meant, um, as well as discussed the weather. For you, Simone, summer ends in three weeks. Overall, where what grade are you giving Summertime Shy thus far? Ooh, that is a great question. You know, despite everything and despite, you know, some of these stories that we have to cover that are so, so tough. I have had a really good summer and I've really enjoyed Chicago this summer. Um, I have felt more like a Chicagoan this summer than I have so far in my two and a half years back in the city. Uh, So I got to give it. We'll, we'll give it a, we'll go with an A minus. We'll give it the A minus. You're going with an A minus. Yeah, okay. I really enjoyed it. I personally had a great summer. Uh, I got to see some stars. I've, I've, uh, I've been to so many brunches. I've been out at the lake. <laughs> I got to see Barbie and I dressed up. Uh, I successfully escaped an escape room uh, for the first time. It was 90s <laughs> themed. It was great. Um yeah, I have been I have been out and about and doing stuff and like making new friends and it's been it's mm-hmm. been excellent. Jacoby, what about you? What grade are you giving Summertime Shy? I mean, using the the barometer you just gave. I mean, just sort of sort of taking all of these stories in, what they mean for the city, but then sort of how was my personal experience? I'm going to have to give it a B plus. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I worked really hard this summer, I feel like, and didn't maybe take as much rest as I needed, uh, but I still got out. I got to kayak the Chicago River. I got to see my brother perform in the final Silver Room block party. I even spent a few weeks watching the Ashleen Bracey League, which is a pro-am all-women's, all-non-men basketball league in the city and got to watch those fun games for a few weeks. Uh, and so overall, I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, the, the the weather was, was a huge sour point. I thought I'd be outside a little bit more without this constant feeling of the irreparable damage I'm doing to my lungs or just because I got caught in a few of those rains where I was like, yep. I'm out on Lakeshore. I lost some chilling. books. Some good books were lost. <laughs> yeah, I didn't check the weather. And next thing I know, it was pouring down and I was either walking or biking my way back home. So I'm going to have to give it a B plus. I, I wanted to see my people win a little bit more this summer, but we we still got some more 2023 uh, to, to hit some of our goals. You still have so. six weeks to make that grade, though. Right. I'm on the quarter system. You're on the semester <laughs> system. I think that's what's going on here. And that's a great segue into some good news. Well, one thing I know for sure I have on the agenda for to finish out the summer is I'm going to go see the uh, Barry Holmes uh, exhibit art installation at the Garfield Park Conservatory. Um, okay. This is... If you're into fairies, if you're into cute stuff, uh, if you and in addition to flowers, um, this is running through September 17th. Uh, It is, um, you know, so normally the conservatory is free to get into the fairy garden exhibit. It is five dollars for adults who live outside of Garfield Park. But I am perfectly happy to pay five dollars to see some very cute fairy houses that have been crafted by artists. Um, It is uh, just just a delight. And it's free for kids, too. So if you've got, you know, little ones that you want to, I, I don't know. I'd like, have you ever seen a fairy garden, Jacoby? They're so cute. 
They're so lovely. I have not. So I need to pop back over there. I haven't been over there since the spring flower shows. And so yes. I might need to make sure I get my, my summer visit in. I mean, as I look through our calendar of events, there are so many more festivals still There's coming so up. There's so many. There's uh, so especially many. Especially on, on my side of the uh, side of town. We got the 79th Street uh, Renaissance Fair in September. We got the African Festival of the Arts in Washington Park in September. But I am going to focus my good news and what I'm excited for in the next couple of weeks uh, is football. Soldierville has seen some great acts whether it's actual football, whether it's Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. Um, but most people think of Soldier Field and they think of football. And on September 2nd will be the 25th anniversary of uh, the Chicago Football Classic, which will see two historically black colleges, Central State University, face off against Mississippi Valley State University. There'll be a week of events around that, including a high school battle of the bands that'll take place right before. And then that'll warm Soldier Field up because then uh, just a little bit over a week later, September 10th, the Bears open their season at home against the rival Green Bay Packers. And while I am not yet ready to predict what the Bears' season final season record will be, I do think if we get a win against the Packers out the way week one, we could pretty much deal with any heartbreak, any momentum, anything that is to come of that, good or bad. I think we get that one off the books, especially the first one in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. I think that'll just make uh, Chicago Bears fans feel uh, all kind of warms in their Bear logo tummy. Jacoby, I got to ask, though, football, is that a summer sport? Is football a summer sport? Uh, well, technically, college football comes back and the NFL come back in some capacity before Labor Day. So whether it's my schedule or your schedule, <laughs> uh, football is a summer sport. Uh, it is so. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a post summer sport, like a <laughs> back end of summer sport. That was a good question. You really put me on the ropes there. Because the answer is no. <laughs> The answer is no, but I'm like, damn, we've already done. What is, what is summer? What is summer in these ever shifting seasons? Uh, regardless, there is so much here for people to make their way through. Uh, if you want to learn more about the stories we talked about today, please head over to our show notes. We'll give you a bunch of helpful links and to follow other Chicago news and events. There's only one newsletter for you to subscribe to, and that's Hey Chicago at Chicago.CityCast.FM. I want to thank our lead producer once again, Simone Alisea, for making time. Hey, thanks. Before we let you go, Mayor Brandon Johnson made some leadership changes in his administration over the weekend, and they were some big ones, including firing Chicago Department of Public Health Chief Allison R. Woody. Johnson also named Larry Snelling the new police superintendent. Snelling recently led the department's counterterrorism division. These are some of the most critical moves Johnson has made thus far, and we're going to be breaking them down tomorrow. In the meantime, in between time, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. It helps other people find us. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right. See, that's that's how you do that. If you just did that at the beginning, you know, we could just be boom, 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 ba boom, 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 ba boom, boom, bow. Instead, it's like. <laughs>